Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dream Leapers Inspiration. I'm your host, Harriet Cole. Very, very happy to be with you today. I hope that you've been treasuring each moment because that's what we choose to do here at Dream Leapers. That's what we understand is the best way to live life. If you treasure every moment, you make sure that you are paying attention and noticing the good in whatever you are experiencing, no matter what it is. And that is why I have chosen for today's focus to be celebrate life. Celebrate life, not just the high points, meaning high points that others have subscribed for us to, to celebrate, like holidays, like birthdays, like graduation. Um, all of those are important. So they are included. But celebrate life is just about the everyday. What in this day is worth acknowledging and heralding and saying, thank you. This is a great day. I'm so happy to be in it. If you take this moment right now to think, what about this day? This one day that you're in, this moment right now, what do you have to celebrate in this moment? Now, when we are feeling positive, when things are going well, when it feels like the tide is going our way, you know, if you imagine yourself on the water and very gently you're being rocked by the waves, then you're like, oh, everything's great. I'm just celebrating now. And that's a beautiful thing. It's during the moments when it's not so easy, when challenges are before us, when we aren't certain about what we even think next is going to be, when hardship is flashing red lights before our eyes and before our hearts. In those moments, how do you celebrate? How do you find a way to extract goodness out of challenging situations? That is the great conundrum of life, I believe. It is in the challenging moments that we need to figure out how to be, how to engage, how to react, how to respond, how to find a way to have peace in the moment, even when there are challenges. So it's interesting, just this morning, my daughter was headed off to school and she was maybe like two minutes later than the time when she usually walks out the door to get the train to go to school. And, you know, teenagers, they cut everything pretty close. So she cut it close, she got to the train, the train was delayed. Now, normally in New York City, the, the wonder of the metro system is that usually the trains work on time and they're so fast, you don't have to deal with traffic. You get from one point to another in record time. This time, when she was already a few minutes late, the train was nine minutes delayed. And then, she, so she texted me, mommy, I'm gonna be late. And I could feel in her text, the anticipation and the dread and the worry about being late for school, rising up just in the few words that she wrote in her text. And then nine minutes passed and she wrote to me, oh no, mommy, 
it's delayed three more minutes. And then the train comes and it passes them. It doesn't stop. Sunil, there's absolutely no question but she is going to be late for school because she's now about 20 minutes late from the time that she was supposed to have boarded that train. And I could feel in her few words, the panic. So we agreed, go upstairs, call an Uber, get to school. And when she went upstairs, I said, I remember to breathe. And I could hear her breath through the text. And she said, oh, thank you for reminding me, mommy. I needed that. And then when she got to school, she was just almost at school. She's definitely late. She, well, she had asked a friend to, texted a friend to let the teacher know she was running late. She said to me, she acknowledged, well, I'm so glad it's not AP Bio, which is the hardest class she has, and also the strictest teacher. So it was a class that even though she's late, it wasn't as much of a hardship. She acknowledged gratitude for that, which helped to calm her down. And then I said to her, look, because they have to walk up and down lots of flights of steps, seven flights of stairs. So breathe and take your time because if you don't have that attitude, you're going to be totally stressed when you get into the room. I didn't say all that. I said, just breathe, take your time. I'm telling you this story because it is in whatever the moment is where we find ourselves that we have choice as to how we are going to respond, how to be in that moment. And in this case, for my daughter, hey, she knows she even wrote to me, the train that I was going to take today, I'm not going to take tomorrow. It's not as predictable. The She's got to leave a little bit earlier to build in time for delays. She knows that, but now she got a reminder. She's grateful that the class that she was late for is not as uh, much of a uh, risk to miss as others. She's grateful that she had someone that she could contact to inform the teacher so the teacher knows that she's conscientious. And then she had her reminder for me to reconnect to the space of the heart, to reconnect to her breath so that she could be calm in the moment. And so in that experience, there's so many things to celebrate. She could celebrate her presence of mind, to stay the course. She could celebrate continuing to push forward because some people go, oh, well, I'm late. I'm not going. I'm not going to that class. She could have not contacted me. I wouldn't have known if she hadn't told me. She was honest. She was thoughtful, nervous, but willing to do what was necessary to calm herself down. I think that is a very good example of engagement engagement in the space of celebrating the moment, celebrating life. This is a tough moment. You're late for something important. School is her work. When, if we're late for work, it matters. It may not matter on the first day that it happens or it may not matter that much, but if it becomes a pattern, it matters a lot. And so if she understood that this mattered to her and she also drew upon all of the resources that she has in order to make the smartest decisions that she could. 
Now, I found a quote that speaks to this. I'm going to share it with you. Here we are. It's about celebration of life. Why should we celebrate certain things at certain times? We don't need extra celebrations on anything, as every moment is already a great celebration moment to celebrate that we're just alive. That's from Mehmet Murat Ildan. And here's another, because I like both of these. Life is made of all precious moments. All we have to do is celebrate these every day. That's from Pervy Ranidin. I'll repeat, life is made of all precious moments. All we have to do is celebrate these every day. So if you think about the scenario that I just described with my daughter, on first glance, you would not think of those as special moments. They were challenging moments. They were stressful moments. Precious? Well, if you look at how they were handled, as and in how approached. So there are lessons, lessons about paying attention to time, lessons about planning your schedule better, lessons about asking for help, lessons about using the resources externally and internally that can help you to move with grace and move grounded with groundedness so that you don't lose your footing even when something challenging happens. That's what you can do when you celebrate the moment. You celebrate the moment you're in, not just the big experiences, but also the little ones. And that other quote, I'll read it to you again. Why should we celebrate certain things at certain times? We don't need extra celebrations on anything, as every moment is already a great celebration moment to celebrate that we're just alive. Okay, that has so many meanings. Yes, we are alive. And that alone can be enough for us to rejoice. I believe every day that I wake up and I have an opportunity to make the effort to live the life that I've chosen for myself, that to be a great human, to care for other people, to work on the challenges that I face to refine the way that I engage others. All of that is a blessing and, and can be a celebration. In the midst of conflict, challenge, extreme emotion, fear, to find celebration in that, which can be incredibly difficult, can also be rewarding because it's celebrating the little things. And that's what that point is. It's not to say that the big things don't matter. But whenever we get to the big things, we're often putting forth a lot of extra effort and choosing to show up with our best selves. You know, we, we dress up for special occasions. We carve more time around them to ensure that we are prepared for them. We, we make special occasions look good. We are conscious of who we include in the special occasions. We, we tend to them. We take time, most of us, to ensure that special occasions are just that special. And on there, I mean, there are event planners whose job it is to ensure that special occasions have all 
of the accoutrement to be perfect. And even when you don't hire an event planner, you are the event planner. You are creating the special moment. When you have decided that it is a celebration, you put forth a lot more effort. Isn't that true? Okay, so this quote, I'm going to extrapolate from it and say, if you imagine that every moment deserves that kind of attention to detail, deserves that kind of TLC, deserves your focus to ensure that that moment is going to blossom and flourish to its best, then trust me, your days are going to be sweeter. Now, it also means your days aren't going to be filled with as many activities. Because in order to make one experience sweet and, and you know nectarian, to just be as great as you can possibly make it, means you have to spend time focused on it. If you are focused on one thing, you're not going to be able to be focused on five things at the same time. It is not possible. So this notion of celebration of life, celebration of the moments in life requires you to slow down, requires you to assess how are you going to allocate your time. Think about it. It is not possible, to my understanding, to create a meaningful celebration every five seconds, every minute. You have to focus some of those minutes on one thing. And when you focus it and you, you tend to it and you think about it and you, you give time to it and then you offer it, you research so that you're ready and then you offer it, you offer it with the intention of offering the greatest gift that you can, then it can be a beautiful thing. But it requires you saying, no, I'm not going to pay attention to this right now. I'm not going to uh, place my attention on something else. I'm going to place my attention on this moment. So I'm going to go back to my daughter. I am sure that for a moment there was a swirl of emotion and, and worry and fear because she knows we share the value that school is important, that being on time is important that being excellent is a requirement. That's what, what my parents taught me. That's what my husband and I are teaching her. And showing up ready is a big part of that. So she already knew she was not going to be able to show up on time. And that started her wheel spinning. But rather than continuing a spin out and possibly a spin out worrying about well, how's the whole rest of the day going to be, she used her inner resources and her connection to me and her mom to calm down and refocus. I'm telling you this for you. What happens when you're in the middle of an experience and something goes wrong? Whatever you had organized, whatever you thought was how it was supposed to be, isn't working. What do you do? Do you shut the door and walk away? Do you pull the covers over your head and say, oh, I'm done? Do you curse at yourself or at others? You blame it on somebody else? What do you do? Do you stop? 
Do you pause? Do you take a deep breath? Do you ask yourself, what can I do differently right now to solve this challenge that's before me? When you do that, pause. Breathe. Engage your source of inspiration and knowledge and ask yourself, what should I be doing now? When you do that, when you do that, you create the space to move forward with grace, with understanding and with knowledge because you have taken the time to honor the moment. And that allows you the space to celebrate the moment. Now, I have, oh, this is another example. I have dear friends who have a family member who is in transition right now. And I have observed the way that the family is handling this with so much grace. So even in the most tender moment, which is happening right here, when this family elder is in a space of transition, what they have been doing with him and all who love him is to celebrate him, to celebrate the life that has been lived and to celebrate each moment. Okay, today wasn't the best day, but the sun is still shining and it's beautiful. Do you feel its rays on your face? Today is not an easy day. The body is in transition, but the heart knows that that heart-to-heart connection equals love. I've said many, many times to you that endings are more important than beginnings. Because whenever we begin something, like a big celebration, we, we walk in in our finest, we bring our best to the moment. Often at endings, we are shutting the door, we are shutting down our eyes, we are not wanting to look at whatever occurred in leading up to that ending. But I challenge us, even the most final of endings, death, divorce, leaving a job, being fired from a job, sharp endings, even those, even in those, we can find ways to celebrate. Maybe, and, and so why? Why do I say that? Because you could be listening to this and going, she's crazy. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She hasn't had these experiences. I have. I'm sharing in this experience with my friends right now, with their father who's living in the space of transition. And I can tell you that when you are able to celebrate the moment you're in, even when the promise at the end is a last breath, you can hold up the person, the experience, the covenant. Because everyone understands that that's what we are to do. That rather than dwelling on the negativity, you know, why is this happening? The reality of end of life, end of whatever it is for you. The, the Rather than 
dwelling on the darkness of the ending. Welcome the light of the ending. And to witness my friends take that approach with their dear beloved elder is something that gives me a feeling of openness and joy, even in the space of sorrow. And that is not what people always do. It is, it is a choice. It's a choice how you show up for the experiences that life brings you. When you celebrate life, you celebrate the victories, you celebrate... The victories aren't always, oh, this is so great, this happened. Victories are sometimes victories over the worst possible things that could happen. And victory in death can be sharing a life well lived. Victory in that transition can be understanding that so many lives have been touched by the greatness of the life that is transitioning, that we can, we can understand that our hearts can be full even as they're hurting. So I want to take this beyond the experience of death because the many experiences that you may be going through right now. I talked to another uh, family that I know who recently gone through divorce. And that can be so hard because it's the death of the marriage, of their children involved, the, the brokenness of the family. And still, if the people are still alive, you definitely need to figure out how to celebrate life. And dare I say, even when they are no longer alive, how can you celebrate the positives so that the memories that need to be true? I never want anyone to just say, I'm celebrating the good stuff and the bad stuff didn't happen. No. But hold up the good things, the lessons. So even if it's a lesson in how not to do something, hmm, I didn't handle this so well. I'm sorry. I promise to do better next time. Or I promise to be as gracious as I can be in this new way of life that we have. When I think of people leaving jobs so often, in the space of leaving, there's bitterness, there's anger, there's, there's a lot of swirl of energy often when people leave jobs. Whether it is uh, a departure on your own terms, a firing, getting a new job, but still, usually when people leave jobs, there's some negativity in that space. And while it's perfectly fine to examine the negativity, what I want us to do is look at the situation for the lessons learned. Because if you see something bad happen, something uncomfortable happen, and you have processed what occurred and extracted the lesson out of it, that's where the celebration exists. In the processing and understanding of the lesson when challenging, uncomfortable, so-called bad things happen, if you learn your lesson from that bad thing, you process it long enough to figure out what the lesson is, then you create space to be a better person. 
you create space to refine your understanding of how to handle a situation like whatever it was because you've been through it and you've learned hmm, this works, but that doesn't. And one of the things that in situations like that I find is the most challenging is when you want to, when you feel it's important to give feedback about something that didn't go well, but also the ego is in there too. And the ego says, I'm going to tell you about yourself. I'm going to let you know what you did that was bad. And the, that finger wagging that can occur. That's why breathing and meditating and sitting with things is so important. If you can process that, really think through it. What's the lesson that I'm supposed to learn here? What's the lesson I'm supposed to carry forward and share with others? When you figure that out, so that you can share an understanding in a way that it can be received so that it is not shared as something that would create a wound. Instead, it's shared as a gift, a celebration. Think about this. You can stab someone in the heart, proverbially, if, uh, if you share information that is incisive and hurtful and maybe intended to be hurtful. You can illuminate a person's understanding if you share that same knowledge as a gift, if your intention is to offer it as a gift, here's something that occurred during our time together. And I think you should, I would like for you to share with you, I'd like for you to know how that made me feel, what that did for to me. And if you share it from, this is how it made me feel, this is what happened. Because of this scenario that occurred in this way, this is what happened. And I want to make sure you know that. And if, if it's something really bad, you can say, I want you to know so that perhaps next time you find yourself in a situation like this, you might make other choices so that you have different outcomes. I just thought you should know. And a lot of times when people leave situations, relationships, jobs, spaces. They can be tight-lipped and say nothing, or they lash out. But if they could find a way to share something so that it reveals a truth that helps people to see differently. Oh, I never thought about it from that perspective. It never occurred to me that what I did or said would impact you in this way. There's a, a coach that I've worked with on occasion, Dr. Jones, out of um, California. And he talks about intention versus impact. And a lot of times we have, we set intentions for the actions that we're going to take, for the words we're going to speak or write. And we have good intentions. And a lot of times there are unintended consequences of those good actions, those good intentions. And the outcomes sometimes look nothing like the intention. And when that happens and the outcome is something that's really hurtful, embarrassing, 
unhelpful, unproductive, dismantling of all the great work done before it. These are things that can happen. When that happens, you have to step back and say, what did I miss? And usually, in my experience, what I see, what usually happens when people miss far, when they're far off the mark of their intentions is when they did not fully think about the whole scenario and put themselves in the other person's shoes. How would you react to what I'm about to do or say? What impact might my words, even my thoughts, my thoughts, words, and deeds, what impact might what I do say or think have on you? Even if my intention is something glorious to bring everybody together, to create space, to uplift everyone. And that's a wonderful general intention, which I have, but it's too general to be beginning, middle, and end. That's sort of a foundation to uplift everyone. But then what? How do you do that? Especially if you are coming in and making uh, critiques in order to refine the way that you want things to move forward, how does that refinement affect others? And have you thought about it? The gift of celebrating that moment of life is taking the time to look at different perspectives, to see, to try to do a 360. If I'm in that person's position, what is the impact? If I'm in that person's position, what's the impact? And you go around the room, so to speak, and consider all of the different players. How is my action going to impact on everyone? And at the end of this contemplation, if you still think that it's a good idea, then you offer it in service to the moment, in celebration of the moment. And this is true even if it's something that requires you to be very incisive, where you know not everybody is going to feel like they're winning. But if you approach it in the most positive and constructive way, perhaps even when you know not everybody is going to feel like they're winning, you can make it clear why the choices that are being engaged have been made in the first place. Knowledge is helpful. And in this notion of celebration of life, if you take the time to recognize that little victories count, then you can be more thoughtful about acknowledging little things. So in the space of this awful thing that occurred, like a storm, a physical storm, in the case of a physical storm, everybody's in triage mode and cleanup mode, and you find a treasure, you find a family photo that was strewn in the debris. You find uh, some item that represents family legacy. There's a victory there. Even if the house fell down and you're not sure how you're gonna rebuild it, the small things help to soothe the soul. 
And so the tiny gestures, the kind actions, the acknowledgement of everyone in the experience is so important. Not just whoever the main person is, but who's around those, that main person, the key people. Who else has been affected by this moment in time? And how can they be included in the covenant of celebration? So back to my friend whose uh, father's in transition. I, I was with them and a friend, a very close family friend was there as well in support of this family. And I looked at her and as I've listened to the stories, I realized she is truly like family to these people and this elder. And I looked at her and I said, how are you? And she said, I'm hanging in. And she kind of deflected talking about her dear friend whose father is going through this moment. And then she looked back at me, back at me and she said, you know, I'm okay. This is really hard. I really appreciate that you asked me. Thank you for asking me how I'm doing. That was important because it was, in, in my case, I, I'm friends with them, but not as close. But I was present. I was, I was welcomed into the inner circle. I was observing to see how can I support. And I noticed here's a place to support, to celebrate that relationship with this lovely woman as this transition is occurring. Celebrating life can happen in so many different ways. It's noticing the moment, honoring the moment, and the people who are part of that experience, saying thank you, practicing gratitude, gratitude for the little things. That counts so much. And very often we're moving so fast, we don't say thank you. Very often we're moving so fast, even when we are engaging with people, and I say work people, because most of us work. And because we're so busy with work, we may notice that someone we're working with is a little down or a little agitated. Do you take the time to ask, are you okay? Do you step back when you know something's up and ask, do you need anything? Do you wanna talk for a minute? Is everything okay? That's being in the moment and acknowledging it. And sometimes the conversation could be a minute, two minutes, five minutes of being in the moment with another person to help uplift them in that moment. And it counts for so much and sometimes can count forever. So I share with you as you move through this day and each day, pause for a moment to recognize that whatever is going on, you can find something to celebrate. Something. It can be how you handled a situation. It can be who came to your rescue when you most needed it. It can be that something didn't go well and you learned the lesson from it. It can be 
you were able to rejoice because it just simply was a beautiful day and you noticed. Celebrate life. Celebrate precious life. Because in those moments when people transition, if they have celebrated life and others have celebrated with them, transition is that much sweeter because you feel the love. It is palpable. I offer my love to you. I offer that heart-to-heart connection that reminds us that no matter where we are, somebody is connected to us through love. And for sure, I'm one of those people connecting to you in that way. Celebrate connection of love. The connection of love that brings life and joy to any moment. When you do that, your day will be sweeter. I promise. Until next time, have a great day and make it count. Namaste.